Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books, or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the charming Tessa Cole about a bunch of this and that. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link and they can get in touch with us at fatbookspodcast at gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have been published as long as they're polite. Thanks for joining and on to the podcast. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... You're like, this is my first and last podcast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is our intro basically, but to explain to everybody who's listening, we all were good kids and Tessa and I and my podcast editor all got on about 10 minutes early to check settings and make sure we were all here. We were all professional. It is an hour <laughs> later where we can finally start recording because. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun. And I'm like, I don't, one, I don't know what to do. Cause this is why I have a sound editor guru who does all this stuff. And we've not had any problems really. It's been a couple of like, wait, just flip this setting up. We're all good. Okay, restart. It's like no big deal. Like I think the most was me for 15 minutes because my earbuds kept connecting to the other computer in the other room and I didn't know how to make it stop. So I just plugged in. Well, hey, now you've gotten Um, it out of the way and the rest of your the rest of your podcast recordings will go smoothly now. The fact that we got like I think this is like twelfth or thirteenth recording. Like considering we've gotten this far and we haven't really had any issues much at all like that. I'm sorry it was you, but (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a miracle that we got this far and we haven't had any real issues. Yeah. Well, Uh, but I'm like the messages from you of like, can we just start drinking? I'm like, sure. You know, I can't see what you're doing. I'm not your mom. Like, There will definitely be wine after this. Wine always gives me a migraine and a hangover. However, comma, I do like a good whiskey. Mm. Recently, I discovered Jack Daniels whiskey apple with a blackberry ginger ale. It is lovely. It is the loveliest of lovely, if I'm being honest. Sounds dangerous. I mean... I think everything is if you don't behave well. Well, it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like those coolers, right? Like the, the, the sweet coolers and you think, oh, yeah, this is really good. And you're just drinking them, not realizing that they've got more alcohol than a glass of wine. Yeah, that's true. Then, of course, you stand up and realize. Oh, so you're lush is what you're saying. OK, got it. No, I used to work at a nightclub. Oh, got it. And watch it. I used to watch it happen. I gotcha. I gotcha. So you keep an eye on the girls where the guys keep buying them coolers. Oh, dear God. Just to watch out for them. Oh, no. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, guys haven't figured that out, but there were a few. How long did you work at a nightclub? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I started when I was 19 because that's legal in Canada. Okay. Yeah, it was it was in Chicago, too. I, w- I did the same. As soon as you were 18, you couldn't go behind the bar, but you could serve the booze. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I did it for my t- first two years of university. So, like, three, four years. Ooh. And it was a good way to make money. I just got tired of wearing the short skirts and flirting with guys yeah. to get tips. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. I met my husband while I was still working at the bar. We met in university, and then it, it was no longer as fun flirting for money. I was going to say, damn husbands, huh? Ah, 
I don't know why I don't have one. Yeah, but he's a sweetheart. He's useful in all, for other things. He really is. <laughs> oh my yes, just not tech support. <laughs> hey, it did work once he got on. We gave him some credit. It did. No. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to save your rep here, hubby. <laughs> oh, no, he does other things. He's sweet. For my birthday present last year, he gave me vacuuming once a week for a whole year oh wow yeah he 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 bought a new vacuum for him to use so i didn't have to vacuum okay i think i'm gonna ask for that again for next year love it now does he have to use the same vacuum or does he get a new one then (laughs) and it can just be like a yearly thing that you guys have a new vacuum no no because those are expensive yeah lord no 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 we're keeping this vacuum you got one shot dude No, he's doing a great job. He's doing house cleaning. Right now he's doing spring cleaning. Um, can he come visit my house? I don't have that. That'd be that'd be super nice if somebody else could do the fucking cleaning. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be like my dream. Yeah. Somebody well, else do some of the adulting. It was his compromise. I finally broke down and asked for my birthday that I wanted a house cleaner to come in and clean the house and then COVID hit. Oh geez. Yeah. His compromise was, well, maybe he'd do the house cleaning. Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> Love it. So we should probably talk about books. Mm, I don't know. I'm kind of tired after all this drama and the back and forth. And, the, yeah, okay. and apparently you're hitting the wine already. So, you know. <laughs> well, no, no, not yet. I'm saving it for after this conversation. Finish quick so you can get to the wine. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, we gotta hurry up. I want to get to the wine. No, no, just, oh. just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the procedure is for podcasts. So we kind of really I mean, don't. We could keep talking about my sweet husband and how I met him doing a show, and it was lust at Ooh. first sight. And okay, then we kind of just go wherever and whatever you're comfortable talking about. Like it's okay. We're not very formal. I mean, we pick a topic and, well, the last topic we picked was somebody we did not do it at all. And so we saved that topic for next time. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I'm not even kidding you. She was lovely. <laughs> Belle Harper. Oh, Belle Harper. Yeah, we recorded yesterday. That was why I had to, because as I was scheduling you for yesterday, we had scheduled Belle at the same time, but she's in Australia, so it, was, it would be much harder to reschedule her. And I'm like, I'm not doing two in a day. I won't have any sanity left. Thank you for rescheduling, because I was like, I can't, I can't do two in one day. Not a problem. Yeah, she was lovely. We talked for hours, and we absolutely talked about nothing we were supposed to. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, you know, like she was super nervous about it. And I was like, dude, there's probably like 300 people that are ever going to hear this. Like it's, this isn't Joe Rogan. It's fine. So yeah, we just, we kind of just messed around the whole time. I mean, we talked about stuff that is we can use and it's, you know, it's a good conversation. But we didn't talk about it when we were supposed to. And I can't say she's the only one we've done that. Right. <laughs> we have enough serious in life. I try not to be. Mm, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? We can absolutely talk about the topic that we picked out. We're going to talk about how hard it is to, at times to do all the guys in the reverse harems, not to be the exact same guy. Yeah. Keeping them all separate. and Yeah, I find that an interesting challenge. Do you find it easy? 
It depends. So, like, honestly, a lot of the time it's more job-based. Like, I have a couple guys in different books that it's not even that they're shifters. It's not even that they're in the harem. But it's more, I shouldn't say I find it difficult, but I'm very cognizant of the pitfalls. And, like, I have a few FBI or a few cops or a few suit police. And those are the ones that I'm, it's not so much the same guys or worrying about making the guys in the harem the same. I'm worried about those kind of characters always coming out the same mm. so it's like oh brian is just like this guy and you yeah. know yeah my concern is i now have a handful of series so it's distinguishing the guys amongst themselves and amongst the other heroes in the other series it's funny when you talk to some authors when they're like they only have one or two series and it's like they're like oh yeah no that's super easy i'm like have like eight <laughs> series and tell me that yeah. one like it's a lot more complicated when you have yeah yeah that are ongoing especially and it's like how can i make this it even goes to scenery like how can i make this park interesting compared to the last park i just wrote yeah i don't do a lot of scenery that's one something i wish i was better at like i don't do much of it but unless it's something like i always use the example of like the character had never had a house of like that she she was in foster care and a lot of messed up everything and so she, like the only time i really talked about the scenery was her house because she had to like make her own house for once mm. i wish i did some of that better like i find some authors do too much of it like a kitchen is a kitchen is a kitchen and i don't need to know everything in the damn yes. kitchen yeah, you know, we all know the authors that do that. And it's like 14 pages to be like, I get it. The wall was blue. Like, but fuck. some people really love that. Like, like Lord of the Rings. Have you tried reading Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Okay. I've read them. I wasn't, I can't say it was fun, but I read them. Yeah. I have a friend who adores them. Absolutely adores them. I get like into the second book and I'm like, oh my God, if I read about another blade of grass and it's different name in five different languages and it's 3000 year old history, I'm going to claw my eyes out, right? Like Lord of the Rings is great. The storytelling is fantastic. The writing is pretentious. Yeah. Nobody needed to know that about the grass. Like you're saying, like it's- <laughs> Yes, I know. Like, let's get to the relationships, because even if it's not romance, stories are all about relationships. Yeah, I wish there was more than that in the yeah. from the books. Yeah, there should have been more... Relationships between all the characters? Yeah. Well, I would have wanted to known more even about Frodo's with his family, his past with that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Enough, yeah, like you were saying, enough with the damn grass. Tell me about what made this guy want to risk everything. Tell me more about that, you know? Yeah, exactly. I get into the clothes. A lot, not like big time, but like I get pretty specific with the clothes because I think it's important when you're, and that's more for character development, but I think it's more to show like when they're out of their own element mm. or a confidence level on a heroine that doesn't care. Like so much is in a short skirt, like it's, it's whatever versus a different heroine who is pulling her skirt down or, you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. That insecurity level. Like, so those are the kind of descriptions I more get into. Several of my series are located in Chicago, where I'm originally from. So, I mean, you can look up Millennial Park if you really want to, or you can look up this if you want. People don't need me to describe it. You know, it's, it is, it's a park, it's a park, it's a park. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. I try to put in just enough to ground the reader in the location. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, like if it's by the lake or if it's like Millennial Park has got sculptures and yeah, yeah, a grazing over kind of vibe. Yeah, a handful of choice sentences to just let you know where they are. Yeah, I wish I did that better. Better? Well, you could practice. Uh, I get bored with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's me in clothes. It seems like every time I do practice or I intentionally add it, I read that one review that is like, God, we don't need to hear so much about the house or the damn. It's like, I'm sorry. I actually put in descriptions for once. I won't do it again. Oh, oh, <laughs> stop reading your reviews. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not allowed to. But sometimes there's just that one that emails you where it comes through. Oh, yeah. But no good can come from that. Hmm. Oh, I know. Right? I learned my lesson a long time ago. Oh, yeah. No. It's always like I just have to look something up or it pops into my own Amazon feed and I'm just like... <laughs> or somebody messages me like, hey, did you see this? And it's like, no, please don't tell me. Like... So, yeah, I, I don't go looking. I don't try and look them up. I kind of just glance at the newest releases overview. And, like, if I'm over four and a half out of five stars, I, it's it's fine. It's I'm good. Nobody's nobody's hating on it. I'm okay. Like, yeah, know, that's my happy, you know? Yeah. Now, I, if I need to look at a review or if I need to get, like, a review quote for something, I make my husband do it. It'll just drive me crazy. Well, it's even the ones that are fair that sometimes that I'm just, like, I... Uh, yeah yeah there was one that i mean she was completely right the character was immature it, it was getting old it was you know it was da, da, da. but it's like i mean so she was completely valid but it's at the same time you just want to shake the reader and be like you understand that i have to make this person get better how am i supposed to do that how am i supposed to make her grow if she was awesome to start with you know exactly so it's like she's valid she's not wrong but it's like you get the concept of what i'm trying to do here right like yeah <laughs> I just said something about that in a different episode recently. It just sticks in my mind. It's like, I can't even, I'm not hating on her. You know, she's not wrong in what she was saying, but it's like, my job is to redeem her and make her grow up and everything. I can't do that if she started out fabulous. <laughs> so I finished my Nephilim's Destiny series. And before I released the last book, I had, I was two books into the spinoff series, the Angels, My Angel's Fate series. Okay. And... By the time book four and book five were out, people in my Facebook group had really, really strong opinions about the secondary character from the first series that I made the heroine of the second series. Okay. And I take it not good strong care opinions. No, she was an antagonist to the heroine for the, one of the love interests. Okay, so she wasn't like a sidekick. No, I should have done a sidekick. I have a sidekick in my Artemis series that everybody, uh, she's actually a lesbian and everybody wants, like, is she getting her own series? I'm like, I've never written a lesbian romance. <laughs> I don't know if I could. Like, nothing wrong with them, but I just... Yeah. I'm like, can we just give her, like, a side chapter or something? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Okay, so yours was the antagonist, though. Yes. And I would get messages from people saying, oh my goodness, I hate Amaya so much, I hope she dies alone with cobwebs. Oh, that's oddly specific. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then one of the guys who I'd picked out for her, who's also an antagonist, I made some errors in deciding on that heroine. No. No, really? Us, an author, make a boo-boo? She had such a good story, right? Like her heart. She was so certain yeah. that this guy was her fated mate mm -hmm. that she's utterly destroyed by the end of the first series, right? Because he's not her fated mate. She had yeah. such a good backstory. So, yeah, 
I got mixed reviews about poor Amaya. <laughs> that will happen. Funny that. Yeah, funny how that works. And I loved her story. Yeah. Aww. It's funny, though, that you bring up somebody so hated because there was somebody in my biggest series, Artemis. Now I'm in book 19, but he shows up. Oh, God, I don't even know what book. Like 11? The absolute consensus was there is no redemption for him. He is a complete. There, he sh Yeah, he should die in the cobwebs or whatever. Horrible. Just everything. Oh, oh, is it an elf prince? Oh, you know Neldor? I read some of your books in preparation oh. for this. Oh, wow. You you chat. came really prepared. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sorry. I was like, wait, you know Neldor? Like, he's a real person. Like, oh, you've met him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you've got some work to do with that guy if you want to redeem him. You really do. I, I you, can, you can do it. Oh, yeah. I can see how you can do it, but it's... Mm, he's got to save a whole lot of cats. Well, apparently I've already done it because, and I didn't think I had gotten there yet, because after every book, I do a poll of which one of uh, the five guys in the harem that people are liking best. He won the last one. Oh! After book 19. So Mr. Irredeemable could never be with Tamsin, everybody hates him, is now the favorite. I was like, one- you turn coats, like you picked your favorites, like you picked your guys, and I'm laughing at y'all. Y'all left them to the side or, you know, like they're roadkill now. Because the, the main guy that they all loved the most, Darby, he's been messing up and like people just have left the building on him. And I'm like, well, oh, I get no. it. They really love Tamsin. But I was like, the numbers have fallen on him so fast. And yeah, they're all like, so many of them are in Camp Neldor now that I'm like, okay, I didn't see that coming so quickly. I had to stop at the end of book 12. So, so currently he's still an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And Darby is still a sweetheart. Darby is, is a sweetheart. He doesn't do anything quote unquote wrong. He's just a kid. When you get there, you'll see it. He's overwhelmed and he's being a stupid boy. Like, it, it's happened. He's not, he is not cheating. He's not doing anything bad. But yeah, I was dying this last time that the redemption arc apparently is, I was still had more to do, I thought. And, but yeah, no, he's, he's currently rated the favorite for Tamsin's men. And I was like, huh, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I didn't, ex <laughs> I didn't expect that to be the answer. Everybody loves a redeemed uh, bad boy. Apparently. My actual favorite is Julian. Really? And I am the only one who feels that way. Every time there's a vote, he's always like less than 10%. And I'm like, ouch, you guys, really? What is it you like about him? He tries so hard. And as, I mean, I'm not a savant. I, I didn't skip grades like he did. But as somebody, I do actually have a high IQ. I test well. It is very hard for somebody who is intelligent and not that everybody isn't intelligent somebody who is actually like genius level iq you miss a lot of social cues you oh. miss a lot of other things oh absolutely and i grew up that way i grew up missing so many things and so much of stuff that's why my heroines actually tend to be but this time it was just julian i feel for him most plus 
everybody assumes like he's an adult, but he's really not. He's only like four or five years older than Tamsin, and they're all college kids. So I think everybody assumes that like he already grew up when he hasn't had a chance to grow up doing all these adult things. I had to grow up pretty fast because of my own circumstances or whatever. But in some ways, I still watch cartoons. I still do these other things that a lot of people would look down on. And I think that's Julian. Like, he just, he needed the chance. Like, everybody was more forgiving of Luca because he needed the chance to to figure out himself to realize, like, oh, I, I messed up. This isn't, this isn't okay. And I don't know. I just, I feel like everybody's the harshest on him. He's my favorite because I think he never cared about the whole fairy. He called Tamsin his sweet fairy. It never mattered to him. It was just always her. And I think she's longed so much to just be seen and to now not be seen as the heir of fairy or Tamsin Vale, but to just be Tams. And he's always seen her and she doesn't always see that. But yeah, they're always the harshest on him. I wonder if you need to give him a moment, some kind of moment to help deal with that. He's doing better coming around and I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, he's getting better. You know, everybody can't be the favorite. I mean, that's why, you know, there are five different guys. There's, you know, somebody's got to always be the favorite and people people are finicky because they want the best for Tams and I can't even judge them for that. I'm happy with where he'll end up and if he's five out of five to them instead of one out of five somebody had to take that hat it's just it's kind of funny that he's my favorite and he's the reader's least favorite so <laughs> yeah that is funny it's strange when readers do that it's also strange when characters take over have you had a character take over what do you mean okay so in my angel's fate series in the first book i had someone who was supposed to be a throwaway character i'm kind of a a pantser. I sort of know the direction I'm going, okay. but I'm not quite sure what it looks like. And they have this meeting with this incubus to help fix the magic issue that's happening. And the scene, I loved the scene. It came out really great. He was all flirty and fun and a little dangerous. And then, of course, action has to happen, so they're attacked. And I sat there thinking, I'm at a crossroads. He could stay or he could go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I decided for him to stay. Okay. And he became one of the guys in the harem that I had not planned. He ended up being my favorite character in the whole book. Oh, that's so funny. I'm not a pantser, but I adjust my outlines if something like that came up. I've had little tweaks here and there. There was one that, oh God, I can't think of his name. It's the Succubus series, the Bear Shifter Cop. I wasn't sold on him staying in the group or him, and I'm still not always sold on him staying because he's kind of a hardliner. It's more, I don't know where the ending is going to be or what I'm really plotting to do just yet. I'm very much a plotter, so I kind of always know the gist of what's going on. But I'm, you know, I'm flexible. It's romance. It's, it's not math. No, no, tis not math. I've had that in Sarah, like the ancient vampire Carter. He's not a main guy, but he's become more of a regular side than I had intended to. But I just really liked him. Yeah. Like he's just so stable. And yeah. every time she turns around, he's like, I'm on it. You know, and I just, she needs that in her life. So I just found writing him more and more in and, you know, a little something, something on the side. <laughs> what are you going to do? 
It happens. What are you going to do? It happens. Oh, God. It was so funny. I was talking to somebody and she was a reverse harem writer, too. And she was talking about, do I struggle when there's so many guys? And she was like, you know, it gets complicated when you have like 12, you know, 12. And I'm like, I don't have that. That that would drive me insane. Like, I don't know how you could keep them all straight and together. And she goes, um, then what is your Seraphine Thomas series? I was like, oh, my God, I do totally. <laughs> She's like, yes, you do. You absolutely yeah. have that. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. But in my defense, Sarah doesn't have 12 main guys. It's more like she's got six main, five or six main. And then like, yeah, like moon mates or hookup, you know, side guys that have their own stuff too. Like it's, you know, yeah. she called me on it so fast and I was, oh God, I laughed so hard. <laughs> like water almost came out my nose because I stopped to take a drink. And she's just like, um, then what is Sarah? I was like, oh. Oh, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. I'll go hide in the corner now. I want to give a big thanks to Tessa Cole for joining me for such a fun conversation. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what she's working on and what's next for her fans. At the time we're taping this, the last book in mine and Clara Wills' Secrets Gods Keep series will have released. Releases May 1st. And hopefully I will have the last book of my Ensnared in the Pack series finished early. So hopefully that will be coming out soon. Fingers crossed, everyone. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.